Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together, verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll put it all together for you. So let's get started. We're in the Song of Solomon today. We'll be in chapter 2, going from verse 1 down to verse 7. This is, uh, as we've said, our Cinderella love story. Solomon wrote about, they say, 1,005 songs. And this is the Song of Songs, the Song of Solomon. This is the best of the best. And so this song... Uh, is a love story between a young Shulamite girl, country girl, who meets someone uh, in the fields. She's a she works in the field with the sheep and the vineyards, and so she meets somebody that she believes is a shepherd. Also, she has a lot in common with him. He's a very humble person too, and with every compliment she pays, he pays her one back even more. And so they've got this uh, affection for one another. So you've got a story like that. And eventually, uh, when he leaves and she's trying to find him, then she realizes eventually that he's the king. He's King Solomon. So um, it's kind of a reverse Cinderella love story. And so or in, it might be the kind of the love story that Cinderella was based on when you think about it. But in any event, um, the parallel uh, love story is a love story between uh, uh, Christ uh, being referred to as the bridegroom throughout the Old Testament, especially when we were looking at um, um the Psalms of David, or even the book of Jeremiah, Christ is referred to as the bridegroom. And of course, the nation of Israel is the bride. Of course, back then, that bride was an unfaithful bride and uh, had many other suitors that the, the tribes of Israel, as the, as, the, as the nation fell apart because of their lack of faith, uh, foreign kingdoms came in, and like the Assyrians and then the Babylonians came in and crushed and imprisoned and enslaved the people. And of course, uh, the bridegroom, even though he was hurt, he still loved his bride, and eventually he makes a promise that he's going to return and reclaim his bride. So there's a you know there's a story of of ultimate love. The bridegroom will eventually return and lay down his life 
to reclaim the bride. So describing love in so many different ways and formats that we can see it and understand it is this master of teaching. You know, Jesus Christ, uh, the master teacher, giving us uh, another perspective in the dimension and the depth and the breadth of his love. Um, and then uh, as, an, as another um, dimension of this love story is the love of Jesus Christ for each one of us. The fact that you can, you can look at him as this bridegroom, you can see the kind of love he has for each one of us, just as you can look at this example of a bridegroom laying down his life for his bride. He has the same love for each one of us, that same intense love, um, just of ultimate dimension and depth. So we've got that going on, and so now they are they are sort of trading their feelings. And if you can imagine, this is sort of an imaginary little mini opera. You've got the the woman coming out on the stage and announcing how she feels in her heart, and then you know you've got a chorus of ladies who just kind of echo uh, her thoughts and sometimes echo his thoughts or just echo the emphasis of the emotion of the of this little mini opera and then you've got uh the bridegroom here he's uh, also trading his thoughts back to her and so mcgee feels that verse uh, one in chapter two is really should be translated uh christ speaking and so the bridegroom saying, I am a rose of Sharon, a lily of the valleys. As a lily among brambles, so is my love among the young women. The rose of Sharon was in the valley of Sharon. Uh, it's a very beautiful plant. It's a humble plant because it's it's actually not a rose. It's a lily, but it's so beautiful. It's compared to a rose. It's got a lot of beauty, but it, it's... um. It's um, it grows sort of like uh, in the wild, and uh, so it is a rose that adorns this place that um, uh, has um, other flowers uh, in the in the valley. These just lilies that grow there, but um, it's like the pinnacle of these lilies there because of its beauty. And so, um, he says, um, so the, the rose was a thing of beauty that, that, that would be what they would sort of have a natural rose, something that would adorn people, something that they would, uh, use, uh, to, um, just behold, behold something, um, with natural, with natural beauty, something that, um, that would be there for us to enjoy something that would be there that in it during a time of celebration something that you could give to someone else as a present um, we give we we naturally think of giving flowers or giving roses to someone um, uh, to show our affection uh, it's been shown uh, as a as a sign of one's love so it is a it's another example as a tangible sign of love, as a physical sign of love. Um, so he compares himself uh, to this rose, a lily of the valley. Um, 
And when you take this reference to Lilies of the Valley, um, I think it's interesting if we go over to Matthew chapter 6, um, and we, we start uh, in um, verse 28, he's saying, And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. So he's talking about lilies of the valley again here. It says how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon. So he's he's kind of referencing back to Solomon. Um, in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes, clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? Therefore, don't be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, don't be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So, interesting um he's saying you know uh he's a rose of sharon you know he's a lily of the valleys and he's talking here about being anxious he's talking about look what you've got look at the blessings that are there before you and that lily is so beautiful even solomon himself was not adorned as beautiful as that. So, you know, here we have the, the King Solomon writing about a lily of the valley, a rose of Sharon. But even in his own wealth, Solomon knew that all is vanity. All is vanity. And this lily of the valley was an example that Christ gave. You know, that naturalness, that natural beauty of how they grow, God's made everything, and it's it's God is adorning uh, all of us with everything we need, everything we need in its own natural beauty. So worry about the beauty and be blessed by the beauty that comes from God, and don't worry about the beauty that you try to make on your own or you try to set your own agenda. Let your heart be set on the beauty that comes from Him. And then He says, As a lily among brambles, which is thorns, so is my love among the young women. As a lily among the brambles. Now again, a lily is something God has made. God has planted uh, from a seed in the field among brambles. So as a lily among brambles, so is my love among the young women. So as the man is uh, paying tribute back to the woman, okay, um, he's he's saying, I'm just a lily of the, I'm a lily of the field. He's picking something that he's talking about himself, but as then he then he kind of composes this as a lily among brambles, as a lily that grows, just like the lily that grows in the 
the Rose of Sharon grows as a lily of the valley because there's a lot of other competing flowers and plants that are growing in this area. But as a lily among thorns, that's my love among the young women. In other words, he's comparing the young women to sort of thorns, you know, and because he's now talking about his love for her as like this lily that's growing among the thorns. He doesn't even have a heart for anything around him, uh, himself. There's no other woman catches his eye except this woman. So he is telling her how much he loves her, but it is specific for her. It is very personal, very intimate, very personalized love for her. And no matter what is going on around him, he sees just her. And it's another um, uh, analogy we've got to Jesus Christ to each one of us. He has a personal love for me and you. He has a personal love for each one of us despite our sin all around us. Like the, the sin that we have over us. The thorns have been also referred to as sin. But He sees us. And he sees us as something of value, even though we are just locked in sin. And that's another description of his love for us. As a lily among brambles, that's his love for us. As He sees us as that lily among a field of thorns. So is my love for um, for, for us, too. And as we talk about... Um, the lily, or uh, as we talk about this uh, flower of the field, uh, we shouldn't be anxious about anything. Um, and as as it, as Matthew chapter six is talking about, consider the, these flowers of the the lilies of the field, how they grow. How do we grow? Are we going to grow uh, worried about things? Do we get very far when our heart is centered on the world? Do we grow very well when um, when we uh, try to do everything ourselves? Or do we grow better when we lean on Him? And we let, uh, when we take root, and we allow our Father in Heaven to care for us. And then another sort of analogy to this um, this being planted, if you go to um, Luke chapter 8, and we look at the parable of the sower. So Jesus uh, is given another parable uh, as we take up in verse 5. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And then some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell on the thorns, and the thorns grew up and, and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. Okay? And he said the, and as he said these things, he called out, He who has ears, let him hear. So this pathway and this seed grew. And it grew and it yielded fruit. So 
what's the, the meaning of this parable? Well, he's talking about how these little lilies can grow. He's talking about um, look at the way things grow. And uh, back in Matthew, he was talking about consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. How they grow. They're not anxious about anything. They keep their little hearts centered on God. They are dependent on the Father in heaven. Your Father in heaven knows what you need. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Okay? Seek first the kingdom. Have that in your heart first. So that's in Matthew. And in Luke chapter 8, the seed for these little lilies, the seed is the Word of God. Okay? That's the Word of God. It's the seed. And the pathway, the soil, are our hearts. And if it if it lands... On bad soil, it doesn't take root. If it lands in good soil, as we see down in uh, chapter uh, verse 15 of Luke chapter 8, the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Okay? So... A couple of really strong analogies in Matthew chapter 6, verse 28, considering the lilies of the valleys, how they grow. And then Luke chapter 8, uh, the parable of the seed and the sower, talking about what's in our heart and an honest heart, heart with humility and a good heart and a heart that's patient is a heart that's going to bear fruit, even among the thorns around it, okay? And the thorns, as it says in Luke chapter 8, verse 7, and some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, okay? And then some fell on good soil and yielded a hundredfold in its fruit. So, an analogy here about a lily growing among the thorns. And the lily, uh, the Word of God, okay, is the seed, back in our parable of Luke chapter 8. But now he's saying here in Solomon that as the lily is growing, the lily is compared to as his love. And of course... Um, in Luke chapter 8, the seed was the Word of God. The Word of God is Christ fulfilled. You know, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word became flesh. So the Word of God is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the law. The fulfillment of the law is love. And love is the first fruit of the Spirit. He's Jesus is talking about himself here as a lily among thorns. So is my love. So the lily is sort of like compared to Jesus as the love growing among thorns. Beautiful. Isn't this beautiful? And then we'll go down to verse 
three, we've talked about Jesus being the first fruit of the Spirit, being love. Now we're talking about describing fruit here. Isn't that interesting? So we're talking about the Spirit and then the fruits of the Spirit. If you have your heart centered on Christ and if you uh, have your roots in good soil, which is a good heart, a good and honest heart, that's how you bear fruit. That's how the lily grows. And as Christ said, consider how the lilies of the field grow. So uh, in verse 3, as an apple tree among the trees of the forest. So now we're talking about fruits of the Spirit here, or fruits that grow in good soil. As an apple tree among the trees of the forest, so is my beloved among the young men. In other words, all the trees of the forest are growing there, but the apple tree is the one that is producing fruit that can sustain you and that you can take and you can eat of it. With great delight I sat in his shadow. Now this is the woman talking back now to the man. This is the young woman, the Shulamite country girl talking. As an apple tree among the trees of the forest, so is my beloved among the young men. In other words, of compared to all the other men, you know, compared to all of the other men, she's talking about her love, her her bridegroom, or, you know, this is also an analogy to Jesus Christ. Her Christ, among all the men, is the tree that produces fruit. The tree that produces fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. So Christ's love produces fruit. If you keep your heart centered on Christ, you can produce fruit among all of the other trees that will grow. Choose Christ. With great delight I sat in His shadow. So we have shade from from Christ. Christ protects us. And His fruit was sweet to my taste. In other words, the fruit of the Spirit in Christ is delicious, is pleasing to the taste, is nourishing to the taste. He brought me, verse 4, He brought me to the banquet house, and His banner over me was love, the first fruit of the Spirit. The banner protecting us in Christ is love. And He brings us to His house. We dwell in His house forever. But he brings us, just like this story of the bridegroom taking the bride to his home, he brings us to his heavenly home too. And the banner over us, this with great pride, this great announcement in all heaven, the banner over us is his love. And the banqueting house is where joy is happening. The banquet is a time of celebration. So the first fruit of the Spirit is love. The second fruit of the Spirit is joy. And that's what we see the virtues, the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Okay, so we've got love. We've got joy. When we receive God's love, we receive His blessing. Joy, another word for joy is beatus, which means being blessed. 
when we receive the blessing of Christ's love, that is joy. And then we have peace. We have reconciliation with the Father in heaven. Because right then and there, once we are blessed, we have the righteousness of Christ. We have the fruit of His Spirit. We have the Spirit of Christ in us. We have peace. We have peace with God because we have the Spirit of Jesus Christ now in us. And then look at the fourth fruit of the Spirit is patience. And that's what, considering how the lilies of the field grow, we have to grow in patience. We have to grow patiently. Because as Jesus Christ said back in Matthew chapter 6, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. But he's saying, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And don't be anxious about all the things around you. That's how the lilies grow. They're, they're patiently. They grow with patience. And they flower when they're supposed to flower. They bloom when they're supposed to bloom. <clears throat> all in good time. So that's how they grow. Not with anxiety, but with patience. So... His fruit was sweet to my taste. When the fruit is ready to flower, it is sweet to taste. He brought me to the banqueting house. That's where love and joy happen and peace occurs. And the banner over me was love. Sustain me with raisins. Refresh me with apples. This is verse 5. For I am sick with love. Verse 6, his left hand is under my hand, head and his right hand embraces me. What do we have in Jesus Christ? We have someone who sustains us and refreshes us with his love. His love, his joy, his peace. The peace of, that we have through his Holy Spirit sustains us and refreshes us. Because He is ultimately kind and good and faithful and gentle. Those are the traits of the Good Shepherd. Those are the traits that you receive when you receive Jesus Christ. And His hand will lift up your head with one hand. And with the other hand, He will lift up your body. He's there to embrace you, to hold you with all humility. Verse 7, I adjure you. In other words, I appeal to you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles or the does of the field. Does meaning, you know, like these baby deer. By the gazelles or the does of the field. And these, these gazelles or baby deer were often associated with love, um, maybe due to their shyness, um, that you not stir up or awaken love until it pleases. In other words, don't be anxious. Don't be anxious about this love. Be patient. And, you know, the last fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Be patient. 
love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Be self-controlled in your love. Bear fruit with patience. As Jesus Christ said in Luke chapter, back to Luke chapter 8 in verse 15, when we're talking about the parables of the seed growing along the pathway, along the pathway with the good soil in verse 15, and as that in the good soil, they are those who hearing the word hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Don't stir up. Or awaken love until it pleases. Be patient. Be patient. And also, as Jesus is saying in Matthew chapter 6, as the lilies of the field grow, be patient. And don't be anxious. And be dependent on the Father in heaven. That's how the lilies of the field grow. Don't be anxious. Be patient and bear fruit. And uh, so, um, so many parallels by describing Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ also using these type of parables back in Luke chapter 8 and in Matthew chapter 6 as he's teaching. So, a, a beautiful, beautiful um Love story, Cinderella love story here, and also a beautiful description interwoven all throughout this of the love that Jesus Christ has for each one of us and how our heart should be comforted by that love. So I hope this is helpful and encouraging to you. It was to me. It's like an amazing study so far. I've never studied this book, but I'm really enjoying um, this. Uh, it's it's. Holy ground, as, as J.V. McGee says, this is a, one of the holiest books uh, has been described uh, in the Bible. This description of the love of Jesus Christ. So, uh, I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. And um, for me to all of you, God bless you, and I'll see you next time.